This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Now, Friday is World Suicide Prevention Day. Now, we can all help prevent suicide. And if you or someone you know having feelings of hopelessness or distress, just know that help is available. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 800 273 8255 or go to org. Well, I have a return guest here to Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Kaz Nelson is an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the University of Minnesota Medical School. Good morning, Dr. Nelson. Good morning. Well, like I said, this Friday is World Suicide Prevention Day. And, um, Boy, a day like this, kind of, what is kind of the focus of a day like this? Obviously to prevent suicide, but, but what is sort of the goal of, a, of a, just having a designated day like this? Well, Jill, the reason there's a day in recognition of the enormous toll of suicide in our country is because we're really trying to increase awareness of the issue mm-hmm. that there's probably not a single person that's not touched by this kind of loss in some way. Suicide is very common. It's the 10th leading cause of death as of 2019 in the United States. That's 130 suicides per day. And we don't know exactly how to prevent deaths like this, but we're sure going to try because of the devastating toll of this kind of death. Well, and so you said since 2019. Now, between 2019 and now, uh, we've been in a global pandemic. And, you know, I've I've kind of heard, um, this is why I want to talk to an expert, uh, I've kind of heard that, you know, suicide has increased during the pandemic. Is that true? That's such a good question. And our high-quality statistics actually come from the Center for Disease Control, who does a careful analysis of these kinds of statistics, and it always lags behind a couple years. So our high-quality statistics come from 2019, and we have yet to determine the overall change in populations impacted by suicide and the overall rates. We do know that stress, and in particular financial stress, is a risk factor for suicide, though. So a lot of us are asking that question. With the enormous stress and financial toll of the pandemic, how is that going to impact these rates? And that work is currently being done now to understand that. Well, I also wonder, um, you know, when you talk about the risks and that there's no kind of one way, maybe one way treatment in the prevention of suicide, you know, what are some of those risks um, that affect people that that may take their own life? Well, one of the risks is actually having uh, mental illness. Mm. There are certain mental illnesses like major depression or bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder that are more associated with self-injury and suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And so if somebody does indeed have a mental illness, we want to do whatever we can to remove any barriers to them accessing care for that mental illness. Of course, it's not as simple as that, though. There are other risk factors like uh, loss of functioning or a major medical diagnosis or uh, loss of status, losing a job, having financial stress. We know in our agricultural community, drought and other stressors impact farmers and increase the risk of suicide in that population. And so it's always multifactorial, but We know that these risks exist, and we want to do what we can to mitigate them when possible. So there are the risk factors. And Dr. Nelson, I wonder, what are are some of the warning signs to look for in friends and family? Certainly talking about death, uh, somebody saying that their life is ruined or they'd be better off dead. 
uh, people talking about being a burden on friends or family, a major change in behavior, whether that's isolation or maybe for somebody who's usually more low-key, all of a sudden becoming very happy or energetic. Certainly giving away of treasured items can sometimes be a risk factor. But even though these behaviors exist, it's just really important to point out that sometimes we will never, ever be able to predict this or be able to notice the signs. I just worry that sometimes there are people who have lost a loved one to suicide and thought, oh, if I had only known or seen the signs. It's not an exact science, but... Uh, If you're worried about somebody, the bottom line is don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking of taking your own life? That question is always okay, and that's not going to cause somebody to take their life. Is there a fear of people admitting that they're having suicidal thoughts? Absolutely. There's so many barriers to talking about this. One of those barriers being the discrimination that we've had in our society over decades around this taboo topic of of thinking about suicide. And uh, sometimes people are worried that they're going to be punished or cause problems by talking about suicide. So we've got to work together to make it okay to talk about. We've got to tell stories. We've got to make it okay to let people know that they're not alone and Mm -hmm. encourage people to seek help. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, barriers to to getting help or to even admitting that, you know, some thoughts may be going through one's head. Um, what are some of the other barriers? Well, access to mental health services can certainly be a barrier. We do not have a perfect mental health system. Uh, sometimes people don't have insurance coverage for certain types of mental health care or treatment. And so we've got to encourage our legislature and other systems to build a more effective, more accessible mental health system. And I know the National Alliance on Mental Illness has been central in that work to try to remove these real barriers to care, time, money, uh, willingness to engage in overcoming these barriers. These are all real barriers that we have to work together to solve. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with Dr. Kaz Nelson, and we're talking about um, the topic of suicide as Friday is World Suicide Prevention Day. And you talked about some of the risk factors, some warning signs to look for in friends and families, some of the barriers. Um, but really, you know, the word support comes to mind. You know, how can we best support our friends and family that may be experiencing the thoughts? I mean, you mentioned just, you know, even reminding people that they're not alone. That's right. They're not alone, that you care, that uh, you need them, you need them in your life, and that uh, if you were to lose them, that that would be devastating, which it would be. Sometimes when people are in the midst of mental illness or uh, feeling like they're in an unsolvable situation, that they're stuck, sometimes they develop a self-narrative that the world would be better off without them. And whatever we can do to convince people, no, that is absolutely not the case. The world is better off with you in it. That's one way that we can really actively connect with people around this topic. Well, and so we talked about, um, you know, some barriers to getting help, but there is always a way to get help. But there are resources out there. I wonder if you could talk more about, um, you know, access to resources, whether it be, you know, on the phone or, or a website or professionals in the community. Yes. One thing to understand is there are tools in this toolbox that you can access in order to get 
assistance or support or help in the way that feels most accessible to you. In addition to that hotline that you mentioned earlier, Minnesota does have its own crisis line uh, for people who are having suicide thoughts or if you have a loved one who you're worried that they may be experiencing suicide thoughts. If you text the letters MN, like the state, Minnesota MN, to 741-741, that will put people directly in touch with a crisis response professional who can help in that moment and also help navigate some of the different clinics or county-based resources, emergency resources, sometimes even um, help get a therapy appointment or something like that. Because uh, it's not always easy to navigate the tools in the toolkit when you're in the middle of a crisis yourself. Mm-hmm. And so this crisis response line can play a role in helping to navigate the resources that are available. And Dr. Nelson, you know, we talked at the very beginning when I just asked, you know, World Suicide Prevention Day is coming up Friday. You know, why is it important to have a designated day? And and you said that just so many people have either experienced suicidal thoughts or have been affected by losing someone in their life to suicide. Now, I wonder, are there resources available for those that have lost someone to suicide and are going through the grief and having those thoughts of what could I have done? Could I have done, you know, X, Y, or Z? You know, perhaps it's grief counseling. I don't know. But are there resources out there for those who have been affected? Yes, I know from uh, knowing countless people who have lost a loved one to suicide that the the hole that is left in one's life and the sensation of feeling just haunted by what could I have done is an extreme stressor that people carry some portion of that stress with them probably for the rest of their life. It is this enormous toll of grief and wondering what could I have done differently So yes, support for somebody who has experienced this kind of loss is absolutely available. And I would point people towards the National Alliance on Mental Illness to learn about resources in that area because they do exist. And it's so important to get support because the toll is absolutely enormous. I'm talking with Dr. Kaz Nelson, an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And uh, before we wrap up, uh, Dr. Nelson, do you have any final thoughts for us or any final kind of advice leading up to what is just not an issue on one day, but 365 days a year with World Suicide Prevention Day coming up this Friday? That's right. The bottom line is when there is a, a loss of this nature, It is natural for us to want to think, oh, here was the reason why, or it's because I said this, or it was because of this exact one circumstance. Well, that is really an oversimplification of what is an extremely complex issue. The word we use is multifactorial. Mm -hmm. There are a number of factors that go into suicide thoughts and behaviors. And so we have to resist the urge to think we know why somebody would do this or to construct a narrative that we don't know is true or not and to understand the complexity. But one of the simplest things somebody can do is actually restrict access to what we call lethal means. And those are things that are likely to result in death if somebody were to access them. So firearms are responsible for half the deaths by suicide in the United States. 
and other access to lethal means like poisons or highly toxic medications in the medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. Uh, By locking up firearms or restricting access to toxic medications, that's one way we can uh, make a difference or, or reduce the likelihood of somebody actually dying by a suicide attempt. And so it's never simple, and there are some key things we can do is the bottom line. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing your knowledge and for joining us for Wellness Wednesday as Friday is World Suicide Prevention Day. Dr. Kaz Nelson is an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the University of Minnesota Medical School. Dr. Nelson, thanks for joining Wellness Wednesday. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jill. Now, a reminder, we can all help prevent suicide. And, you know, this may be the moment that you need to hear this or a friend or family member need to hear this. Um, If you're having feelings of hopelessness or distress, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 800-273-8255. You can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Or as Dr. Kaz Nelson mentioned, you can text MN to 741741. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle, and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.